You're listening to the Reformational Anglican Podcast, the podcast that delves into the riches of Reformational Anglicanism for the good of the church today. Uh, I'm Sam Pilo, and with me here is Ryan Scott. Uh, we're coming up on on Christmas. Uh, we're still in Advent, obviously. Coming up on Christmas. Let me paint you a little, little picture. Carol services have been cancelled. Um, people are furtively trying to collect enough food to feed their, their, their Christmas guests without attracting the attention of the authorities. I am, of course, talking about uh, the rule of Oliver Cromwell. The Commonwealth. The Commonwealth. <laughs> when, uh, when Christmas was famously cancelled. Um, but it does seem that history is is repeating itself a little bit. Uh, I think I think we we are allowed carol services, but uh, the Church of England is is forcing churches to uh, to have a booking system to make sure that they're not uh, they're not full and uh, contravening social distancing. There was a, there was a Tory MP I think recently that gave a speech comparing the current government to the Commonwealth. So we're not the first ones to make that comparison. Brilliant. Um, so it's Christmas. Ryan, uh, Ryan hasn't been prepared for this. Uh, favorite Christmas films? You got any mandatory viewing each year? I think I just I generally go with the flow of whatever's on. Um, yeah, I mean there's there's so many there's so many good ones to choose from. Yeah, I've seen Home Alone a lot. Um, probably seen Elf quite a lot. Although I don't know if that's from my own choosing or not. There's plenty of other, one, other ones. Christmas Carol, yeah. Christmas Carol is that the Muppets Christmas Carol with? No, the tra- the traditional. Well, there's the traditional. There's the old Christmas Carol, and then there was there was sort of one that I remember seeing a couple of years ago that was the same story, but kind of in a slightly cartoony kind of way. It was really good. Uh, I don't think I've, I don't know. If I've seen. I think the only one I've, pr- I've watched properly is the Muppets one with Michael Caine, which mm. is pretty wonderful. But again, this is. Back in the days when you owned kind of maybe fifteen VHSs, and those were those were the films you grew up with, right, right. Like the kids that grew up today with Netflix, it just they have such a breadth of experience that we never we never would have had. Die Hard Christmas movie, yes, no, mm, no. For those in the audience, I am I am rolling my eyes in disbelief. Um, I mean, it's set at Christmas. The the, the Christmas music throughout. It, if you listen to Die Hard. A lot of the music is kind of Christmas carols, Christmas songs that have played really slowly and ominously. It's Christmas, Theo. It's the time of miracles. I don't know. I think I think it's... I'm ashamed to say I'm not sure I've actually ever seen Die Hard. <laughs> Just to make matters worse. <laughs> Folks, you, you heard it here first. Um, good grief. Benefits of a classical education. Uh so Christmas, um, great. I, I uh, remember years ago when I was in Sunday school, um, back in the late 20th century, and my Sunday school teacher, who was a uh, a lovely Christian woman, um, said, said to us, do, do you ever just wake up on Christmas morning and say, happy birthday, Jesus? Happy birthday! Which is a lovely... A lovely thought, but also, I suppose that every year, you know, the newspapers run articles talking about the, the historicity of, of the nativity and everything else. And um, and a lot of them will kind of run with the assumption that Christians think that Jesus was born on December 25th. 
uh, and historians will be rolled out for a little sound bite saying, oh, well, you know, actually at that time of year, shepherds wouldn't have been in that part of the country or X, Y, Z. Here's a reason why Jesus probably wasn't born on December 25th. And that'll almost be held up as a, as a questioning of the whole, um, the whole nativity narrative. Gavin Ashenden a number of years ago wrote an article uh, arguing that Jesus was in fact born around the time <laughs> of the 25th of December. Uh, I think he may just have kind of got sick of that. Perhaps a lot of people kind of stick in that point to to Christians and I think he just wanted to try and make a case. Uh, so I'm not sure. Maybe he had, there's quite a good chance that he did genuinely believe that. It's worth it's worth reading the article. It's, it's an interesting one. But um, yeah, I think he just tried to try to stick it back to people. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess we want to emphasize you don't have to believe that Jesus was born on December twenty fifth mm. uh, to be to be um, a faithful Christian. Uh, that is simply the time that Christians for for uh, many hundreds of years have have set aside to to remember that aspect of the uh, I guess of the story of of the gospel story. That's the whole point of the I guess the liturgical year is we just we set aside particular times to remember um particular parts of the story and so you the whole gospel in some sense is recapitulated throughout the throughout the year well what do you what do you think of the idea that um i suppose there's, there would have been in europe yule tide perhaps before so what do you think of the idea of um the fact that the church you know picked a sort of same time of the year similar time of the year to celebrate a different theological idea You'll have to fill me in on Yuletide, I'm afraid. I think it was just, I think it's still actually called Yuletide in, in parts of Scandinavia. Um, but it was yet yeah, sort of pagan. So yeah, a lot of people point to the fact that pagans kind of celebrated, uh, had a lot of their celebrations around this sort of time in, in December, which is sort of quite in, quite interesting. I don't know if there might be sort of hints that, I know C.S. Lewis used to sort of read some of these pagan myths and stuff in the run-up, even the, part, of, part of his preparation for Christmas in a celebration of it just to read some of these stories but yeah there are there are aspects of, of paganism that christianity comes along and and gets rid of and there are other aspects that it comes along and um even affirms albeit sort of through a different lens it's a subversive fulfillment as we like to say ding 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 so i wonder if uh, there's something in that that actually uh, there were hopes and expectations of the pagan people and uh, Christianity comes along as the fulfillment of all of the religions, uh, maybe even in terms of our celebration of a jolly and merry time of the year. Yeah, I mean, lots of people draw on the idea of when, you, as you celebrate the winter solstice, you know, the the shortest day of the year. It's a way of saying oh, we're we're halfway out of the dark, or that light is dawning, and we're we're past the shortest day, and, and we're actually from now on the days are going to get longer, and signals almost. Uh, the beginning of the end of, of winter, um, that the light's coming back in, the days are going to get longer and spring's going to come. And so, I mean, if you read, I'm, I'm on my kind of annual rereading of, of the attempted rereading of the Chronicles of Narnia. I don't often read all seven in a year, but I, I will pick up, <laughs> I pick up a few of them every year. Um, and that, that idea of Aslan's coming back, the Christ triggers coming back and the winter is starting to break. Um, I, I guess, yeah, Lewis is, is, recapitulating some of that kind of halfway out of the dark um the the light is starting to dawn yeah i i think you you can say there's maybe reasons why christians pick that particular time of the year to um to hold one of their major major feasts 
Uh, I guess one of the things that, that comes up is people say, well, all these similarities uh, actually point to the fact that basically the Gospels are just made up and particularly the birth narratives are are, are are made up and they're just a rehashing of various older stories. And if you follow, I mean, there's a document, say documentary, use that word loosely. Uh, there's a documentary called Zeitgeist that basically says Christianity is a rehashing of these older religious stories. <clears throat> and basically they all come from, the stories are all based on the, the stars, the way the constellations move around that time of year. Um, so there's a particular star that moves a certain way and it, it obviously is in the context of the, the 12 uh, constellations, that's the 12 apostles. And at this time of the year, you know, the star, it reaches its dip and it stays uh, at its low point for three days and then it comes three nights and then it comes back up. I mean, oh, there's just the whole story of the gospel is just uh, it's just about the stars. It's, it's dri- dri- derived from the stars and that's why it's so universal. If you actually, if you read some of those old, uh, some of the stories that it, that Christianity is allegedly ripping off, you'll find that the the similarities are really overblown, and some of them, some of them are just made up. Um, there's a great video called "Horace Ruins Christmas." I was going to mention that. <laughs> Go ahead. By Lutheran satire, Horace ruins Christmas, and he turned Horace turns up as the the church is celebrating their Christmas and singing their Christmas carols and makes a makes a theophany out of the blue and sort of turns up and uh, the next thing he, he sort of ruins Christmas by revealing to everyone that the entire time that they've actually not been worshipping the baby Jesus but they've actually been worshipping him Behold it is I Horus So uh, yeah it's worth a, it's worth a watch if you haven't seen Horus Ruins Christmas by Lutheran Satire Yeah we'll put a link in the show notes Yeah it, it's, uh, it's it's not like if someone seriously starts proposing the whole uh the whole zeitgeist theory to you it's not it's not the last word in that discussion but you should definitely show them the video at some point but rest assured the, the whole zeitgeist theory is on very shaky ground so christmas we we remember uh the nativity the uh, you know we have certain readings that we we think of every year we certainly in in uh, in the UK, in Ireland, we, we um, I think this is pretty universal. We have nativity plays, usually fairly poorly performed by young children, uh, in kind of tinsel crowns and uh, tea towels for 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 shepherds for their their head coverings, things like that. Uh, I guess I guess Christmas is actually really theologically laden, and we see that in some of the, some of the some of the Christmas carols are really theologically rich and and. Um, uh, really derived from the creed. So, you know, uh, is it come let us adore him? Is it uh, true God of true God, light of light eternal? Uh, Lo, he abhors not the virgin wo- virgin's womb. The wonder of, of Christmas is Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. The fact that that, that Jesus has broken into, uh, into history, the, the creator God has stepped into his world. Um, there's, a great, uh, there's a great reference from C.S. Lewis, Whenever the Russians manage to send uh, a cosmonaut into space, first man into space, uh, he's alleged to have uh, reported back. Um, so he went into space, he said, uh, I don't see any God up here. Uh, and C.S. Lewis says, this is like Hamlet going and looking for, for William Shakespeare in the, the attic of his castle. No reason to think that Shakespeare would exist as a, 
as an object within uh, within Hamlet's world. The relationship of Shakespeare to, to that world is he's the creator, he's outside of it. But what if, uh, as as authors and, and film directors quite often do, what if he wrote himself into the the story? So if you if you watch um, if you watch the two towers, uh, Lord of the Rings, the two towers, you'll you'll see Peter Jackson actually appears. He uh, I think he's he's playing a soldier. I think he kicks a helmet. He actually broke his toe. Uh, he kicks this this helmet. Um, that that's Peter Jackson. That's the director, but he um, he writes himself into the gives himself a role in the in the story. Quentin Tarantino does this an awful lot. Um, writes himself into his into his films as, as characters. Um, but C.S. Lewis says the incarnation is like it's like God writing himself into the story, and so he steps into uh, into the creation. And so Jesus is is Emmanuel. He's God with us. Yeah, pretty cool, really. And I think one of the things that comes through in some of the some of the hymns as well, and maybe Silent Night and you know, Holy Night and things like that is. The sense that yeah, here is actually God coming to Earth. Here is the holy, transcendent Creator of the furthest reaches of the cosmos, who's come to dwell as a little child and taken on the fullness of humanity in that moment. And it's something that the great and the good of the world have no idea about. Uh, the vast majority of of people don't know what's happened. Those who are wise in their own eyes have no conception of this. But God has chosen to reveal himself in this incredibly intimate and special way to yeah, those who are low, lowly and despised. Uh, and yeah, not I guess not considered much in the eyes of the world. But I've actually been privileged to behold one of the most amazing the most amazing miracle really of of the world. Yeah, I think one one of the things that's really um Certainly, that I find really valuable in uh, around Christmas time is lots of places have have uh, have picked up the tradition of doing kind of nine lessons and carols. Uh, I think that's originally from is it King's College, uh, King's College in Cambridge, and kind of created that that order of service, and people have have imitated that for years. But what you get is you get this whole uh, rendition of kind of a biblical theology the story of, of redemption yeah. um so i've just got it up on wikipedia here um you know so the first reading is from uh genesis 3 so the promise of the the seed of the woman who would uh, who would appear who would undo the curse who would crush the serpent's head um who would bring bring about that 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 rest um and uh redeem them from the falls so that's kind of the first hint of uh, god's going to send someone then you've got uh Genesis twenty two, Isaiah nine, you know the the virgin will be with will be with child. Uh, unto us a, a child is born, unto us a son is is given. So that's Isaiah Isaiah nine and Isaiah eleven. Uh, so the virgin birth, but then this child who's going to be a mighty God, a wonderful counselor, and so on. And then you get the Gospel of Luke, so the, so the nativity, the nativity stories, and then it culminates with. John 1, 1 to 14. So uh, this child is actually, is the word who was with God, who was God, who offers um, salvation, offers acceptance into God's family. So you get kind of a recapitulation of the whole, the whole story of the Bible. And actually this is the child who's been promised from basically from the very start. 
yeah, there's two things that stand out to me and whenever I've been to services of nine lessons in Carl's one is, as you say, quite striking that it starts off with the fall in Genesis um, and the, being kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Another thing that strikes me is, struck me in the past, is whenever you get to John 1, uh, then quite often everyone is called to stand for that last kind of gospel reading. And it's quite striking, just an interesting liturgical action that we do right the, sort of towards the end of the service. We all stand as the theological meaning of all of this is really revealed to us from John chapter 1. It's quite powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been quite nice on, on campus. There's a couple of our neighbours have, uh, uh, throughout Advent, they've been sticking up stickers with letters in the windows of their flat. So I noticed the other day they had IMM, IMMA just stuck up in the windows of their flat. And then every day as I've walked past, there's been more letters added on. And I take it by, I guess by December 25th, it'll say, uh, Emmanuel, God is with us. Mm. Um, which is, I guess that's the point of Advent is you're looking forward to looking forward to celebrating Jesus' first coming and reflecting on on readiness for for Jesus uh, for Jesus second coming as well. We'll maybe we'll maybe draw stumps there. There's obviously lots more that could be uh, could be reflected on. Let me let me pray the uh, the colic for Christmas Day as we uh, as we close. Almighty God, who has given us thine only begotten Son to take our nature upon him, and as at this time to be born of a virgin, grant that we, being regenerate, and made thy children by adoption and grace, may daily be renewed by the Holy Spirit, through the same our Lord Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee, and the same Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Amen.